0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Photography Insights, the show that goes behind the scenes, people in the photography industry. Um, I just like to say welcome back because um, a few weeks ago, I brought you a double length special with Stephen at Cosmo Photo. And for this week, I'm bringing you something very different and totally understand if it's not for you. So I've put together um, a double length special Focusing on mental health with a couple of photographers. Now these are blunt, raw, true stories about real life and we're talking about mental health and its effects. I'm very proud to present my friends Sean Hall and Victoria Louise who have agreed to bring you their honesty. When around us is this false world of perfection and Instagram but behind this are people with problems. And it's about time we talked about this and stop pretending we live these amazing lives and everything is a dream photo. Now Sean is more of a landscape and nature photographer but does love all genres of photography and is currently living off the Yorkshire coast. Victoria lives in the small town of Gainsborough with her family and works in the wedding and portrait world of photography. They both will tell you about their lives. How mental health has affected it and what part photography has played so in this one we discuss training your mind traumas addiction suicide treatment recovery funding and support mechanisms as well as coping with covid now please remember um, we are not medically trained and we are not offering professional advice we are here as fellow humans with issues to give you some context of the show, um, I thought it's quite appropriate to read out um, a couple of quotes that I've taken from this interview um, because I think it summarises um, what their thoughts are. Uh, so this one is, um, Managing mental health is like a full-time job. And um, the other quote is, People say you have a choice with this life they don't understand mental health or addiction so I think you can see um, you know the both powerful messages that I've taken from this Uh, I hope you do enjoy it Um, I hope you listen I'm gonna put some links on to a couple of local charities um, for anyone who's struggling Um, we do offer a little bit of support in our Facebook group at Photographers Therapy Um, we're just there as people that are willing to listen and help each other Uh, that was the only aim of uh, that group. Obviously um, please do seek out proper medical help if that's required Um, uh, the links are are on the uh, website to these and I hope you do find them useful and before I take you into this show we've had a iTunes review so I just wanted to read that out and it's by Mark Stein and he's put I had the honour and privilege of being a featured guest on Andrew's podcast. Prior to the recording, Andrew and I exchanged several emails and spent an hour in a pre-interview. He wanted to get the full picture, pun intended, of me as a photographer and world citizen. He eloquently tied my passion and talents with photography to making this world a better place. I felt safe and assured his podcast, is a conduit to building community through shared passion. Thank you, Andrew, for your wonderful gift to the photographic community and humanity as a whole. So thank you, Matt. That's very nice. Um, He was a wonderful guest. Um, I really do love his work with uh, the American signs and the history and nostalgia that's come through. Um, Please do check that out. A very, very nice guy. Please don't forget to check out the friends of the show, so that is Pete at Static, for anyone who's interested in signs, He has some really wonderful um, products, and some fantastic work by some really interesting people. I've uh, managed to get hold of quite a few myself and uh, I really do like what he's doing over there and he's uh, very much a friend, so please do check that out. And obviously, anyone needed any film developing, whether it's Black and White, C41, please do look at filmdev.co.uk. David there provides a lovely service and he's always done fantastic work. So do check them out. So let's play the music and await our guests, Sean and Victoria. welcome to the show Sean and Victoria
1: how are you today very good yeah not bad hello
0: hi <laughs> thanks for joining us and thanks for taking part and was obviously a very serious um, subject for many and especially you too
1: yeah um, so we're we starting now with photography
0: yeah so let's introduce um, Sean first um, so sure. tell us a bit about your photography and how, how um, things have gone with your life with photography.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. For the photography, I mean, I've sort of been on and off uh, with it um, for about ten years, maybe a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I think my first DSLR was a, a Sony A100, uh, which is quite okay. a bit ago, um, mm-hmm. and, and then yeah. Maybe 10 years after that, um, Sony A58. And then now I'm on a Canon um, 80D. Um, And yeah, really it's, uh, it was one of those, I've always been interested in it, but I've never maybe studied it to the point where I have done over the last five years, um, where, you know, where it's become really ingrained in everything that I do. You know, so if I'm not taking pictures, I'm thinking about it. I'm looking outside. <laughs> I'm looking outside at cloud formations, you know, <laughs> whether the sun's shining, you know, whatever it is, you know, waiting for spring, mm-hmm. you know, the, the different, um, the different seasons and, you know, places to go, mm-hmm. etc. you know? Um, and like I said, I mean, I've mentioned, um, I don't, I don't particularly follow um, a, you know, a genre. Um, mm-hmm. I just you know, like i said a, a visual person, so I, 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 if I see a picture, I take it. You know, I guess the only difference with it now is that once upon a time, I'd maybe t- go out and take 200 200 photographs. You know, now yeah. if, if I've gone out and taken, I don't know, 10, you know, um, that seems excessive sometimes, you know, um, yeah allowing to come back when I've had to come back and look through 200 photographs you know to pick two what maybe what I like you know because I guess we're right. our own biggest critics on you know on our on photography um but yeah so but, that's yeah that's kind of it I mean if anything if I like i said I lean towards anything in particular I guess it's nature wildlife landscapes you know mainly because that means i in mean, a open space, not many people, you know, compared to say street photography or something like that. Um yeah. which you know part of my mental health is you know I'm getting older I think. Don't they really like folk? Yeah yeah to all my potential customers. Yeah. Um <laughs> but no it's, well, it's not yeah it's not so much that yeah, I think it's Crowds, you know, if if I'm not in a, you know, a particularly good place, then, you know, I don't I don't perform well in, you know, too many people around. Or I can be feel feel self conscious with a camera, you know, carrying it around. Um, I think yeah. that's a lot of you know can happen to a lot for street photographers in particular, you know, um, where you're trying to take a sneaky picture, you know, without anybody sort of seeing and you know the beauty you can get you know i've had it and strip photography is not something i do a lot of but i've had it in just all, the odd time i've done it you know i've been called you know a paedophile and do you know what i mean things like that oh you know just mm. just to, yeah take you know which actually if they've seen the picture they would probably oh this is great <laughs> you know what i mean but right. yeah you know, but it's sort of like all that sort of thing so yeah you have to be careful yeah. you have to be careful um and as far as You know, photography and, you know, my mental health, it has been, you know, a godsend, really. You know, if I didn't have that, um, yeah, I do wonder where I actually would be, or even if I would be here having this conversation, you know. Um, However, Hmm. with photography, it is, uh, and mental health, you know, I've I've been writing this lately uh, recently, that I can still be sat here. I think oh, I'll go out, take some pictures, put my shoes on, put my coat on, turn around, sit back down, take my shoes off, take my coat off and change my mind. You know, it's it, it still, uh, it still can be a push to actually, yeah. you know, to get out if you're not in the right place. Uh, so it's, yeah, definitely yeah, it's difficult. It can be difficult, but it has been, yeah, it's just been great. I mean, I don't really take pictures for anybody else, if that makes sense without yeah I guess unless you want to shoot (laughs) let me just let me just say that yeah (laughs) Yeah. if you're doing portraits of course for somebody else obviously but otherwise I I take it for myself and they it's an ex it's an expression of me so maybe what mood I'm in you know Mm. you know my personality um so if I'm taking you know colorful butterflies you know that sort of thing will probably say I'm in a good place and I'm feeling all right. But if I'm taking some hmm. dark, you know, sort of I don't know, Yeah, You're dark sports, peach, yeah. yeah, sort of surreal kind of pictures, yeah. then sort of say that, you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily, you know, in that happy place. Um yeah. however, if the picture comes out and I'm really pleased with it, then that you know, elevates my mood again, you know um i do like to shoot in black and white so i don't necessarily you know say i'm in a black and white world or you know movie. um right yeah yeah you know i mean but yeah, yeah but that's um yeah that's basically around what photography is for me
0: no that's cool obviously, i mean obviously this is so different to uh, victoria who's obviously has to shoot people it's of who you are isn't it yeah
2: i was just listening to sean there and thinking wow i'm like the complete opposite because
0: exactly my
2: business is basically shooting people i'm a portrait photographer and how i started i was actually modeling myself Um, and i've always been fond of the arts but i found like i was really getting into the photos and I was thinking more, not of how, how good I look. I was like, oh, look at this lighting. Ooh, if I change this pose, ooh, if you know, if the angle was slightly different in this photo, and then it just hit me one day, I was thinking, I really like photography. This is
3: the, mm. you
2: know, this is something that I, you know, want to do. Um, and I think people are fascinating to me. Um, And I love photographing people because everybody is so unique. And, you know, I've got a bit of an alternate side to me. And I love photographing that, you know, alternative people. I think that's why a lot of my personal work and my personal model photo work is a lot darker. Um, It does have that sort of, like, edge to it. But I always think a lot of it's, like, coming from inside of me. So sometimes the darker work that I produce is basically like feelings that I've gone through and stuff. And I'm just transcending that from myself into my art. But then with clients, then I just, you know, I'm just photographing clients or weddings or what have you. But when I'm doing personal work with models, that work tends to be a lot darker. Like
0: yeah. a lot darker. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you put some good examples up in our um, therapy group, and mm-hmm. obviously that sort of gave me this idea of reaching out to both of you because Sean had done some good, um, sort of, you can't say selfies because that's a stupid modern term <laughs> yeah. for a casual photo. But yeah. It was a well thought out photo. Um, it must be made, surely.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was It's kind of, I mean, i I, I say it might. I guess my personal kind of portrait work would my style would be as as you've mentioned louise is is darker you know and, yeah. and has you know whether that's a certain prop and definitely with the lighting uh, to create that kind of moody you know contrasty um image yeah. you know, rather rather than kind of the polished yeah. pin sharp um you know yeah. what customers are you know, what they what they want and what they know, uh, want for the money. Uh, it, it's completely different to yeah. how I, how I take a picture of myself. So. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that was because was, mental health is, is such a big part of my life to be honest. Um, and it's something rather than kind of shying away from it and hiding, hiding it. I, I try to express it um, as much as possible, really, and get it out there. Um, I guess for inspiration for others, or again, you know, sort of just showing my mood and, you know, God, I, I don't know I'm don't i not embarrassed by it, that kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's not something I, I don't believe, you know, if someone's got a stigma or a problem with, you know, mental health, addictions, you know, anything what it is, then that's, that's about them. Yeah, that's there. That,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not about me. Yeah. Um, and if the, you know, a particular image is, you know, is too much for them. Then again, that's about you. Yeah. About me. Yeah.
2: yeah definitely, definitely. Um,
1: and they're generally quite well, and as you said, they've been, you know, been quite well received, Yeah, uh, which is always a positive thing for, I guess, for, for any artist, you know, to have, to have some kind of, you know, positive feedback.
0: No, that's good. And obviously because of this idea of this uh, mental health, um subject it, it was so vast and obviously um i'd seen victoria's posts from previous times and some of the partridges she's actually talking about now and that's why i thought this would make um probably the ultimate time because of where we are with this pandemic but um obviously you know you, you've both struggled in life so sean do you want to tell us a little bit about how you've struggled with this sort of mental health uh,
1: yeah i mean um I, again, I the a long term, 12, 13 year relationship breakdown um, around probably about eight years ago, um, mm-hmm. just before Christmas, actually, um, and, and then all of a sudden and we had to sell the house and all of a sudden I had a lot of money in the bank um, and then, but I was lost. I didn't know where, you know, I sort of moved into a new, um, a new flat and I paid a years rent straight out so i knew i was there do you know what i mean um that money but I, w- I was just lost i didn't know my routine had gone my hmm. you know my even just even though the relationship broke down um and it was more like we grew apart nothing you know nothing untoward kind of was the reason why we broke up it just over time we grew apart gone in different directions you know uh, so that kind of made it even sadder you know, in, in some way. I think if someone had cheated on somebody or there was a, a main major reason why you would break up, it, it'd been easier to accept, you know. But yeah. but it yeah, it wasn't like that. So it was it was really difficult. Um, and I left school in nineteen ninety. So, you know, raves. <laughs> so I sort of left straight into like happy Mondays, stone roses, <laughs> raving, you know, all the rest of it. And yeah, and embrace that. I was, you know, I had a difficult childhood as well at times. You know, but you, you have a different kind of resilience as a, as a child and as a adolescence. What you know, and different coping mm. mechanisms, which I found don't re- have tended not to help you me as an adult. You know, okay. Um, so I, yeah, but I say different coping mechanisms. I still fell into the rave culture, with you know, and fell into you know, popping pills and, you know, taking asses and yeah. getting stones and sort of embraced that whole heart as a, as a 15, 16 year old, you know, hmm. um, but then, but from there, you know, sort of, you know, I, I know, I've lasted for so many years, but then I've, I've been a, you know, I've been a fireman at that time and a qualified counselor and, you know, I've, um, done a lot, loads and loads of youth work, um, been a boxing coach, uh, many, many things, wow. you know, many things um, and a lot to do with community and young people and things like that. But mm-hmm. as I say, then yeah, this relationship brought down and I thought, you know, you go back to old friends, but the ones who are married, the ones where haven't got kids, the ones who are still partying, still, yeah. do you know what I mean? So I just felt straight back into sort of uh, an eighteen-year-old's life at, at what thirty-five, kind of thing, you know. It was, um, and that, and to be honest, that just carried on for a while. when then, as my sister passed away, as I said, you know, suddenly, shockingly, you know, I got a phone call six hours later. She's passed. She'd gone. You know, uh, a, bl- a blood clot on her lungs, um, just like that. And just Tom, so- just taught, you know, she's two years younger. Than- um are only two years younger than me um so we grew up together yeah and as i said we had a we had a challenging childhood um yeah and we supported each other you know through that so we had quite a really bond. um but then she she'd married a childhood sweetheart three beautiful kids you know so everything i wasn't if you know what i mean yeah um so i, you know, so I went on self-destruct then um and you know it was, taking cocktails, concoctions, you know, just every, every sort of hit was Russian that, uh, I just didn't care. I just, you know, needed to, I just needed to, at the time, needed to get away. Mm. Um, and just didn't, you know, and without, let's say, jumping or putting a rope around your neck or something like that, I just, I couldn't do that, but I, I could do this. You know, there was some kind of extra buzz, I guess, around the Russian roulette, you know. Yeah. So I started of doing that, um, and yeah, and that came to a head only, well, uh, March last year. So March last year, I sort of put a cry for help, um, basically a suicide note to my mum, uh, apologising, you know, saying that you know, don't not to worry, uh, not to be too sad because I won't be in pain anymore, and. You know, being a better yeah. place. Obviously, people say it's a selfish thing, suicide. Mm. But when you when you're in there, it's the best. It isn't. It's <laughs> the best thing. You know, that's all you see, yeah. and you think you actually, the bet people, your friends and family, will actually that even that they will see it's better for you. You know, even though it's it's not true. You know, yeah. and, and it's not true. Uh, but that's where I was at. You know, and that's where I was. But but and that went. That went sort of viral, you could say. Um, and within in the whole daily mail straight away. Um, and then on the sort of Facebook thing, about time I got to Humber Bridge. Um, police were waiting for me, bumbled me into the car, point to hospital, sort of section for, I don't know, four or five days. Um but that was a turning point, you know, that was like I was I don't know, managed to sort of like shit, what's going on? What are you doing? You know yeah um but still you know so, so i felt because of drug taking i fell into addiction um mm-hmm. and that's and that's really been a part that's probably the biggest part of my battle now is is, manage, yeah. is managing that um because that's all i can say i do at the moment is manage it um, yeah. and i'm not stereotypical i would say i'm functioning i'm a functioning addict if that makes sense yeah I'm not you know I'm not robbing people I'm not yeah you know, I'm not I'm not doing anything like that it's only yeah. once I get some money my head is just tunnel vision and I'm off you know yeah and that's how it that's kind of how it is for me um, so I manage it however with that as i just said I mean I was in Gainsborough and now I'm in Haunty. prior to that I was in Kilverdike then I was in Howden I've had about 12 15 different addresses in or four years um, because of hmm. addiction is it destroys relationships
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know um, and it's not that again it's not because you're a bad person it's more it becomes a risk for for others whether it's families you know people with kids I'll um, just they don't want to find you you know open a door and find you or deed one day or something like that you know
3: yeah
1: uh, and apart from whatever like, apart from Over the years, people knowing and realizing, you know, my my sort of problem. It's all private, you know. Everything I've done it behind closed doors, on my own. You know, sat in a room, on you know, nobody else involved. It's just, it's just me. It's all private, you know. Um, And then, yeah, and that's how that's affected my, my, you know, the come downs from that. Um, Again, the guilt, the shame, the disappointment that you, know, like you carry with that mm-hmm.
3: it's,
1: it's just been yeah you that's know, been a challenge on top yeah you know, on top of mental health you know, on top of like grief loss yeah you know and all that so yeah yeah difficult
0: no right. i mean i feel fear um and i'm sure everyone who's listening will and you know <clears throat> this is part of your life and you know the, i haven't um, got you on here for you to sens- sensationalize or anything. I know you're being honest mm. uh, and I thank you for your honesty there, mate.
1: Well, I mean, I see that's the, that's the only way really, um, mm. I, you know, as I said, I'm not, I'm not, I don't say any of these things to, to try and shock anybody, you know, no. um, in fact, my story is just one of millions, you know? Yeah. And, and it's and for me, I feel like I'm relatively lucky. I mean, I have these problems. Um, but I'm still kind of coherent, you know, I do have a roof over my head, you know, I, I am, you know, I'm, I'm able, I get you know, I'm fed, you know, I'm relatively healthy physically. Um, and, you know, so it's, I still feel I'm relatively lucky compared to, you know, to many of us. Yeah. Um And as I say, as a male, I kind of hope, you know, to listeners that they can find some kind of inspiration, you know, with what I'm saying. Um, Neutralising it and not saying it how it is, it's it's just fake for me. And, you know, it's not... um, I wouldn't be doing myself or anybody else any justice, you know.
0: No, no, thank you. And obviously, you know, Victoria's um, give us a few things um, about why she wanted to come on and talk about it as well and help people. So. Do you want to tell us a bit about your past then, Victoria?
2: Yeah, I mean, I come from multiple traumas. So um, I don't have like a pre-trauma self. Um, Mine mine is basically being one trauma after another trauma after another trauma. I've just been very unlucky (laughs) in my life, Mm. incredibly unlucky. You know, domestic abuse, childhood abuse, sexual abuse, bullying, grooming in person and online, um, suicide of family members. And this is all before like 21. So um, dealing with a family member who was a drug addict, being abandoned, uh, being in foster care. Uh, oh, I've been homeless. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's been it's been pretty it's been pretty chaotic. It's just like I said. I think I'm just one of those really unlucky people, and it's just been one thing after another thing after another thing. So I haven't got a pre-trauma self. I haven't. I don't know. Almost as if I don't have an identity before the trauma. So all I know mm-hmm. is pain and survival, if that makes sense. So I think with some people with mental health, if they've had it like late, later on in their life, they've got a pre trauma myself and they can sort of get into a better chance of recovery and getting back to that person, that healthier person. Yes. Whereas me, I don't have that healthier person. Like I've just got survival mode like 35 years of survival mode if that makes sense Hmm. it's just one trauma after a trauma so i think that's what makes it harder like recovery even harder and staying on track because i don't have that you know i think when you have a good childhood you see the world completely different to somebody who's being on that survival like constantly having to survive their whole life it's um those people find it very hard to understand and i think that's where the stigma comes from because they think oh it's just in your head and you just need to eat well and exercise and you know take medication and (laughs) you know all that stuff yeah Yeah, but
0: and dolphins yeah (laughs) Yeah. exactly
2: but really it's rewired your head like you know these traumas have rewired um the chemicals in your head like the Mm. hormones in your head it's completely rewired the way you're thinking so if you you know never really had a lot of love and positivity in my life it's very hard to (laughs) be positive if if that makes sense um you know you have to learn it yeah yeah
1: you have to learn it
2: absolutely and that takes i think that takes time as well that takes a lot of i mean for me i feel like it's almost like a full-time job like managing my mental health is like a full-time job it's a constant um almost trying to shut off like that negativity and that that voice which is self-sabotaging and self-destructive and it's constantly almost that always there. And it's always say, Oh, Victoria, not good enough. Oh, Victoria, this, that, and the other. And inside of your head. you know, yeah. it's like trying to mute this this um voice and what have you and like tone it down, <laughs> you know, because sometimes yeah. it's just so loud. Um, you know, and I've I've had like times where I've tried to commit my own suicide and take my own life. And in that moment it's like tunnel vision. Like you cannot see anything else. Now, when people say, Oh, just reach out, just reach out. You, you can't do that. Like mentally and like physically, it's almost impossible. You have like a tunnel vision and it's your head is saying, you need to die. And everybody else will be better off. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know everybody will be happy. That you know they won't worry about it. And it's it's almost like a demon or like a devil inside of your head, and it's literally yes. a tunnel vision. And it is so so hard to to get out of that. It's it yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. I totally know that what that feeling is like. Um, and it's the same, I guess, for me with, um, I mean, I I've said have been there, so I, I, mean, I mentioned it about, you know, you think you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, as far as yeah. suicide goes. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you, you're not really, you're not thinking clearly around the consequences and, you know, what what the real effects of, you know, of what you leave behind. Mm. Doing that. As you said, you know, you've got a family member who's who done, who's, you know, taken their own life. You know what the aftermath yeah,
2: yeah. Of, what,
1: of what that is. Yeah. You know, um, so it's you know it's very real, real for you, and it's for me for addiction is very similar. You know, once I've got made that decision and I've got that plan in my head, yeah, that's it's that's my vision, and I'm just off. All I care about is yeah. is that you know. Deviate from that, yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't deviate from that. It's it, you know it's programmed kind of thing, um, and you know. I'm not thinking about the consequences. I'm not thinking about how this, you know, can affect other people. You know, if I was to say get caught, if I was to, you know, OD or or whatever it is, or just do something wrong and end up in hospital, you know, because of it, whatever it is, or even get caught by the police Uh, as a criminal. Obviously, you know, it's a criminal activity. So, you you know, it's whatever it is. Um, But that's the last thing what crosses my mind, or even if it does, you know, the devil kicks in. And yeah. Says, oh, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be all right. Just get on with it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You got that voice saying, oh, it's okay. You can see this, you can <laughs> yeah. see that, or it won't yeah. happen, or I'll exactly. talk you through it. You know, yeah. it, that, that one. Voice... I,
1: I need my fix. Yeah. yeah my fix. Like it's so go.
2: powerful. It is so strong. Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. people under, understand how hard it is to no. shake that off and turn it off or mute that sort
1: of oh no, well, i mean i have people say to me uh, like it it's a well, it's a choice it's a choice no. you, made, you made that choice Yeah. No, you know, like, no. whoa hey, you yeah know, i wish you you know because i'm I, you know i'm quite an intellectual guy you know mm. it's not mm. if it was only a choice then you know i wouldn't be doing this you know,
2: that's I what
1: be. i think huh. yeah know, it, it, um, yeah, if so, it
2: was a choice why why would i choose to do that because yeah, it's hell yeah. it's literally hell that is not yeah. a choice <laughs> trust <Yeah>. me <laughs> it's
1: not it's obviously something it's not a choice you're making because you're in a good place you know There's something yeah. and people don't that's sometimes people will only see you know the addiction sort of thing on the side to it or you know um whether it's you know suicidal thoughts we only see that and they don't see the bigger picture, yeah. That that there's obviously more going on, yeah. You know, and that there's more, there's history, you know it's historic or or whatever it is that, the, so people when you ask for support and you get you know and you're talking to people, it comes from a limited kind of place. Oh yeah, know, yeah. Very, you know, yeah. even to the point of well, you know, give me some a check, you know. <laughs> so it sent out. You've made that choice, you know. It's your fault yeah. no, It's your fault. You've made that choice. Deal with it. That sort of thing you know um, and it, it's it's
0: difficult. it's them stupid answers like you say, yeah, mate. Yeah, or yeah. go go have a tin of alcohol yeah or a bottle of wine or like you say um go chat someone up or um take take it on the chin and just get out there and yeah. that's exactly what you can't do because yeah. you, you're mentally not capable yeah, are you no. No. it's terrible
2: An- advice An- yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> it is yeah and it affects you know as knock on it, it affects you physically as you're saying you know about not eating mm. you yeah. know so so obviously then your energy levels are, you
3: know, mm-hmm.
1: are in the right place, you know you're, mm. you you know, you're not looking after yourself you're not washing properly, you mm. cleaning your teeth you know you're, yeah. you're sleeping a, a lot, you know it's um so it, the whole it's a whole bodily
2: yeah you know, yeah
1: experience really um and I think people don't really quite see. You know, I think it's mental health but it's just a brain thing. oh
2: yeah 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 and
1: that you can just yeah. and that you can just sort it's of just say in it. your
2: mind but no it's yeah, not yeah, you... it's physical as well because obviously when your mind's ill your body's ill as well because they're one yeah. so like when you have really bad you know mental health problems you have physical problems too I've had yeah. body aches muscle aches a sweat, mm-hmm. um, yeah. lack of appetite, overeating, um, yeah. nausea, yeah. headaches, you name it, I've gone through all sorts of symptoms. And that's exactly. down to yeah. having mental health issues because your brain is is not well, it's, it's yeah. not functioning as it should be. So the body is taking the toll of that as well. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But so I mean, yeah, my diet is, you know, it's, as being single as well, you know, sort of living on your own. Yeah. You
3: know, and,
1: that, and a van. It's uh, you know, so it's 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 just quick food, you know, what you can not take away so much, but you know, chicken mm. is a big favorite, you know, just stick some chicken in the oven, eat a plate mm. of chicken and, and that's it. You know, veg vegetables don't get do get a look in, you know. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah, you know, it's quick, easy food. Yeah, a cereal eater, yeah,
3: so
1: you, you know, go through a box what, of, of Crowdflake kind of thing, and that's it, you know.
0: About as much. Well, one thing concert. I want to ask you to do then is have you had any difference, um, aversion to certain smells or smells of food?
1: Well, how do you mean? Years?
0: So, well, I suppose I should introduce what happened to me. Um, so my mental health was tiny absolutely nothing compared Now i won't talk about it much there's no point um mine was delayed um uh, delayed grief so i, I lost my mom uh, when i was only 24 25 uh, she was you know the main person in our lives kept all our family together all our mates um, and when we lost her i suffered about five years later i think it was might have even been later than that and i literally went from being as i am now or even a happier person to overnight um not wishing to live and it was two weeks that's all it was it was incredible
1: right. i can I just say snor- I, Andy, um yeah please don't belittle
2: I was oh, just about yeah. to say oh. that. Do you know,
1: what?
2: I was <laughs> yeah, just yeah. thinking that it drives me mad when people say, "Oh, but you know, my story's not as bad as yours." And I'm like, "It's not a competition. It's personal." Yeah. Experience, isn't it? like, like, yeah. No matter what yeah. pain, pain is pain. You know, and your pain is just yeah. as valid. It's it's just as valid. You know.
0: Me too, nice, you too. <laughs>
1: No, not really it's just you know any i mean you what you're saying you're know, losing your mom and stuff like that i mean to myself, that's one of the biggest nightmares yeah. at the moment is um is that yeah you know um she's been she's been the matriarch of our of my family you know of us uh yes and, they tend to be don't they, mothers? yeah exactly and um you know when we when i said my childhood was difficult uh, it was domestic violence um and you know so. Sort of, I was, I was not my stepdad's son um, I'm the oldest of six. Um, okay. So it was, you know, as soon as my sister was born and um, the one was sadly passed, she was the princess and I, you know, and I got all the shit sort of thing. And um, the domestic right. violence then became me and my mum, you know, so hmm. we, so yeah, she's, you know, the matriarch of our thing. I kind of fear that moment. You know, because I okay, oh, mate. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, and I don't know I am. Yeah, I'm probably and I probably I'm building it up to you know, ready for a, mm. ready for a failure when that happens. Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: but in some in some ways, you know, our parents aren't young anymore. No. so well. To be sorry, I haven't got any. I've lost them all. Okay, um, but you know, we are of that age now, aren't we? Where our parents would be older. Yeah, so
1: it's inevitable sort of
0: thing. It is, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um and I think because it happened so young, uh, in an important part of my life, um it affected me so bad, you know, that now I'm jealous of everybody. Yeah. Um it winds me up sometimes that um they can just pop to their parents and drop the kids off for an afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we we didn't even have this relationship with them, uh, with mother-in-law till only a year ago.
3: Okay.
0: Practically, so um, I think you know I, I've had to take on the head of the house, um, sort of thing. Um, and then so I said to bury my dad, I had to bury my grandma. Um, I lost uncles, um, I lost cousins when I was young. Um, so mine's mainly sort of been grief-based, but my mum thing affected me. And um, it's true what they say about endorphins in one sense. It got me back and helped me. So I, I got back with my footy mates um, after two weeks and it helped gradually cure me. But it wasn't a cure, as I found out uh like five more years later and I got to a point where um, I would not want to go out. So, you know, I, I was a, uh, into groups with um, close mates I would go out every single week, at least twice a week at a weekend. But well, I'd be the one who'd be shaking in the bedroom two hours before, yeah. not knowing if I could even make it. Um and then gradually, I got better and better. Where I just ignored it and thought, I'm panicking. Well, I'll just keep myself busy, and I would go tidy or something. And I, my mates would accept it. That they, they knew I'd come down at last minute. And if I turned up, they knew I'd be perfectly fine. Yeah. And I'd be the last person to leave because that's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, I'm good at that.
1: that. I'm good at that yeah <laughs> Last one for not, for not drinking though <laughs> yeah. no
0: yeah it was never drinking with me um i was always drinking but not up to that extent um so hot. then gradually it was a very slow process you know i'm talking about probably five years before the fact i was then able to go out anytime and actually schedule appointments but one thing that really changed was my sense of smell right through all of that, whenever um, I never got nervous, my sense of smell just went crazy and a certain smells I would just run outside, uh, with, like restaurants and cafes and stuff. But So it would disappear mm-hmm. or
1: you'd just smell something different? It would
0: come on so strong I'd be like suddenly, um, you know, if it's a pizza place like a garlic, I'd just go outside, I can't eat it. But I'd be starving and I knew what I would have to eat. Right. And I'd you know, be at the point where I'd pass out if I didn't eat. Oh, okay
1: yeah no i mean i said i've not had that sort of experience really i mean i smoke Mm -hmm. as well so my my senses are you know yeah top of the you know top of the tree anyway really um but yeah no i've not i've not i've not experienced that no
2: no it's funny no
0: it's weird it's just again it's a brain
2: yeah just kicking it yeah you know everybody's different though isn't it you know there might be somebody else who's got a very similar story to me but they could deal mm. with it completely different you know um everybody's so unique and um you know it doesn't it's not one f- you know one of those one size fits all type thing is no, it no
1: definitely
0: not definitely not no and obviously you know what i wanted to talk about is you know you you've got these issues you're working with them but obviously now covid mm. and this pandemic has affected everything um you know from from not just businesses but we know mental health now and afterwards we think you know i've talked to so many people about this we all think it's going to be the biggest thing
1: mm. yeah probably the biggest knock-on effect you know i think uh, for individuals um, from out, yeah. out of this really yeah and as we start we as we was talking slightly earlier, I think on one sense on a positive will be that the be greater understanding of, of mental health due to,
3: yeah.
1: you know, people being alone, having to, you know, sort of find things to do, being out of work, you know, financial, financial worries, um, you know, whatever they are, makes so people will understand a bit more about what, whether it's depression, anxiety. You know whatever that is, um, how that hmm. you know comes up for people. As for support and things like that, I've still yet to see whether you know that will change um, because it becomes a government thing,
3: mm-hmm.
1: a funding th- yeah. a funding thing, mm-hmm. um, and there's still there isn't that sort of uh, emergency urgency. Um, Towards mental health, I think it's still seen as uh, because it's a an unseen illness. You know, it's not like having a pot on your leg. You know, yeah. Or you know, you've got a pacemaker or something like that. Because it's unseen, hmm. um, it's still got that. Well, are you? As we would just say, you know, people say, well, you yeah, know, it's a choice. You're alright. You know, right? you know yeah. just smile, It'll be alright. You know. Uh, Although I think you know, maybe more charities will come out of this, you know. Um, but again, it's all about funding, and I think that the, 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 you know places will still struggle. Um, I know. As as, sorry, go on.
2: In Gainsborough, we've actually got quite a few really good charities that help with mental health issues. Uh, okay. I was doing some research quite a few years ago now, and t- Gainsborough has a very high mental health rate. It's an incredibly high percentage. Um, And there's, I think there's at least three that I can name charities. There is the Bearded Fishermen. They have- Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, that's a mental health charity, suicide prevention, they've got a helpline. They help there's also the riverside they have a coffee club once a week well prior to um COVID, obviously um access to a food bank they have support workers there um referral unit and then there's uh, be the difference i don't know much about be the difference but i think they get uh, funding for, um don't quote me on this, um, but for counsellors and staff. And if somebody's really struggling, that they can refer them for a certain amount of free sessions or something. I'm not overly sure, um, but there's.
1: And, yeah, sorry, guys. just say that the counsellors thing because you know i a bit about, it. and that's, too much, that's the problem with can, the counselling. What's on the NHS or whatever is that they, they only have the funding for, say, six sessions.
3: Oh, that you know, gives me to, mad. You, yeah, do coffee.
1: you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> and, right? And to be honest, in six. I need, I need a lifetime. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, Absolutely. Six. I mean, I, and, and I know I have being a counsellor. I know how that kind of works. And in six sessions, you only you're only just building up that relationship and yeah. that trust to be able to talk, you know, freely about your problems, about how they're, you know, so by the time, you know, you're kind of ready to delve into, you know, your deepest, darkest issues, what are there, you, it's over, you know, sorry, you know, your time's up and, you know, we'll, we'll move Mm -hmm. you on, maybe get extra funding, you might get an extra three or four, but again, it's not enough. And I think a lot of people, are deterred you know away from counseling in particular because you know in six sessions what what can you actually do um, and the waiting like,
2: list as well the waiting yes. list can be like nine months 18 months yeah. i've been on a waiting list once for like 18 months you know it took 18 months from my breakdown to see a yeah. counselor and that's and that's
1: ridiculous wow.
2: yeah it it yeah. honestly is
1: um, and and that's it. And I think sometimes you know, oh, you, you know, even in them succession, you you open up a can of worms. You know, like like you said, and most of us, you know, it's like having a scar and it's scabbed over. Yeah. You know, you've kind of dealt with it as best you can. Yeah, so it's you know, it's, it's sort of starting to heal, but there's a scar, and it's kind of like <laughs> unpicking that. You know, a like counselling thing that's like you start unpicking that scab. You know, re- opening up this fresh wound. Um, and then that's it, it's over. And you're left with this gaping
2: open of, wound, yeah.
1: Yeah, of, of, of all your problems, yeah. and then there's no, there's no support there to just yeah. start helping you, you know, for that to heal again.
2: Yeah, you um, can't heal it from inside. So no. you put a you put a plaster on it, and that exactly. plaster is usually addiction because yeah. it's a comfort, it's it's the need for connection.
1: yeah it gives you them a few hours or a day or two or a night just a break from you know to numb that pain. yeah yeah um you know numb them thoughts um like i said to be honest i mean like now addiction it's not about getting high anymore you know it's it's, it is (laughs) it is an addiction so it's, it's you know it's not um i don't really get any comfort from it my immune my sort of immune to it is you know is is what it is really, you know, like to, yeah. to, same with alcoholics, you know, you some can drink a bottle of vodka first thing in the morning and go to the shop and everything will be all right, you know. Whereas I tried that, <laughs> I'd be throwing up and spinning and zigzagging all over the place, you know. And that's kind of how it is for me. You know, it's uh it's just it just numbs enough to get Yeah, for me to get through the next three or four days um but then there's an aftermath of that
0: yeah i mean well let me ask you then like so we know um the country's struggling financially so what's the answer then because the nhs is so far fingers crossed survived the treating of patients and the hospital beds but what about the hospital beds for people like yourselves if you don't mind me saying yeah. getting help what what do we do do we get more funding how do we do
1: it i think it, it just boils down to funding um and and i guess i don't know, more research you know sort of more um, understanding of of the problem um mm-hmm. you know i don't know because because as we said it's not just a psychological issue it affects you affects the body uh, you know,
2: affects all areas, many, of your life, yeah, you know?
1: in, in different ways, and the same with I mean, same with counselling. Um, it works as an individual, uh, you know. If you get that, you know, get a good sort of support from it. However, yeah. your families are affected.
2: Yeah, you
1: know, your children, <laughs> your children are affected by your Yeah, health.
2: yeah, definitely.
1: It, yeah, you know, it, it kind of has to be a more holistic, mm. you know, um, conclusive kind of approach i feel you know that everyone kind of has to be involved so whether it's your partner and you 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 all discuss yeah the, you know the effects of i don't know your mental health really how that has how that affects like say your children or you know if you are having to if you've got children and all you want to do is stay in bed but you can't you know, you've got to, yeah. you've got to take them to school. Yeah. And yeah. You've got to, you know, you've got to cook them the tea. Yeah. You've got to keep them entertained you know, and those kind of things. If you're not feeling it, they pick up on that. You know? yeah. It mirrors, doesn't it? And then, you know, you fall out with, I don't know. And I like am saying, if you're having a drink, you maybe have, you know, you five, four or five cans on a night where your miss isn't too happy about that, you know, and it affects those relationships and you be, you know, you become more and more isolated within your, mental health sort of situation, I think. Mm. Um, it's difficult to know what I'd love to say, be able to say what the answer is. I knew the answer. i probably will be sat here talking <laughs> to you guys uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I think yeah, it's going to come down to, you know, a better understanding. Um, and, you know, better funding. However, with these COVID, I think because maybe more people have been affected, it may bring a better push towards, you know, um, some kind of solution, because there's more people involved, whereas it may be one in ten. Now it's probably one in three. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, So that may help to push things forward.
0: Yeah. Victoria, do you think this will be I'd like
2: to see some of the funding that people have been making to the nhs to be put solely for mental health Um, because obviously a lot of people in the last couple of months have been fundraising um, you know for the nhs it would be really nice to see where that money's going and for a portion of it to be put solely for mental health Um, into the services because obviously the services are just so stretched. Six sessions is just not enough. The long waiting lists are just not good enough. Um, The doctors are putting, you know, people onto medication, but the medication isn't going to work by itself. It needs to be teamed with therapy as well. And one thing that, you know, you just said, uh, Sean, you know, there's not enough group therapies either there's group there's therapies for one-on-ones but there's no like I've not seen any I could be wrong but I've not seen any groups or meetings where family members who love somebody who's got a mental health issue where they can go and get support and get ideas of how to you know assist their loved ones or um, groups for children, very young children, who were, you know, dealing with parents who have got severe mental health issues, and having a safe place for them to be able to talk to okay. other people and get the right support and, you know, help. Because I think if you try and get it sooner rather than later, you've got a big better chance of recovering. You know is why do we have to hit rock bottom before we get help you we (laughs) have to get that low and then when you get that low you then have to wait how many weeks for the medication to start working how many months for the the therapy um and i don't think our system is quite working um i think it does need a bit of a change up
1: yeah yeah no definitely yeah i agree it's um, yeah. And uh, so when you're talking about even like the medication things, that seems to be the answer. If, yeah. Give someone a pill. You know, oh, it's yeah, ridiculous. it's ridiculous. It is, isn't it? And not all of them work mm. for everybody.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and you say that they take three, take, know, what is it now? A, a month, six weeks, I think. To, before, you know, yeah, to get
2: into your system. To
1: yeah, start. before mm-hmm. all that happens. And
2: yeah.
1: then there's a the side effects that help you sleep, don't, yeah. you know, they keep you awake or or they just does are the numb you, so then your personality drops. Yeah. So I've sort of experienced mm-hmm. that at the minute. Um mm-hmm. all over time. Uh, to the point actually where I've stopped I've, I mean I've trying to say this or not, but because I moved here and I was getting my sort of medication in in, um, in Gainsborough and I sort of came out about a week left about a week left. And I just didn't I mean I could have rang up and asked them to you know bring it, you know, deliver it to somewhere here. But I just thought, no, we'll just give it a go, see what happens. And touch wood, I, mm. I actually feel—I can't say I feel. I if I feel better or not because you never really know what antidepressants are working yeah. or not. you really, you just no idea. You, don't, you yeah. know, you just sort of take them and I don't know because even when I was taking them, I could still feel as low.
2: Yeah. You yeah.
1: know, I still drop as low mm. as as I always have. You know, um, if I, and then, but then on the opposite side of that, I found with some, I couldn't really get. Excited or happy about something. Like a
2: hummus, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So you've got to stay yeah. at a certain level. Yeah, you know, and that yeah. level really won't. It won't good enough. You know, it's not. So just yeah. So yeah, it's, it's difficult answers. I mean, I find that... I think. Sorry, go on.
0: I, I think either the drugs are living with these issues, could cause that. There, I mean. I realized I wasn't the same happy person for forever after that. I couldn't laugh at the same jokes, and I didn't have the same attitude to smile and laugh. Yeah. And the only thing that changed me was having children. Mm. That really, really helped me get in touch with my emotions again. Mm. Right, because you can, you can cry easily, can't you, Victoria? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy when you got kids.
1: Yeah, Sorry, I could cry easily anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. It's not. You're usually, a romantic. Yeah, it's not the only problem with something. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, but on that, I mean, both you were, you know, partners, uh, children, you know, so have that sort of responsibility as well. Um, hmm. Whereas I have not. I've never married. I've, you know, I've no kids ever. So that's that's. I always I've always sort of said to myself, if I had, maybe my life would have turned out slightly differently. Different. Yeah. Because I've got, I'd yeah. have them responsibilities. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, somebody else, somebody else to think about someone else to look after. Whereas, I guess because I haven't, I guess I, it could seem that my, you know, I'm quite selfish. You know, everything's about me.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, um, I've, I've been 21 all my life. You know, it's, mm. it's kind of, you know, so yeah, I've never really, can't say I've not grown up. I like to think that I'm quite mature, you know, <laughs> getting on a bit now. But still haven't had those, you know, responsibilities or even you know, even those moments of, you know, the first words, first time to talk, first time to go to school, first time to see your name, you know, all those kind of family moments, you know. Um, I just haven't experienced that. Um, so for me that's been that's a big difference between, I guess, myself and and others who, yeah, yeah. you know who are dealing with things
2: having children has definitely helped me obviously when i had my firstborn 10 years ago when i was pregnant with her um my life prior to her was very chaotic and then obviously mm-hmm. when i had her my life just sort of stabilized and i sort of almost Got my crap together, sort of thing. And I still experience obviously highs and lows, but it's not to the same extent as what it was before the children. Because yeah. now the children are a driving force. It's like, okay, I'm having a bad couple of days. Okay. I've got to look after the kids or, you know, the kids will come out and oh, mommy, I'm hungry. And there's always something to do. Like, you know, as, as a mom, you're just so constantly busy. Um, You yeah. almost don't have time to sit there and be like, mega, mega depressed, because you have to be on the go. But like constantly yeah. as a mom, it's and like, that's
1: it, isn't it? yeah, that's definitely always like that. Um, I mean, like, say, as you say, you probably don't have time to sort of feel like for me, like I say, I can I can sit in a chair and I could be there all day.
2: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? I'm yeah. just good. Yeah. Know, apart from going to the toilet, getting something to eat, and having a cup of tea, and I could, I can I could do that. Yeah. You know, um, I, it's not healthy all, always. You know, because yeah. you, you know whether you in And that's the difference. I say, I think you know, if i have had children, where you have to do things for them, you know, you have to you have to cook them. I'm not saying because not everyone does, I mean, sadly. Yeah. yeah. Families out there where even, you know, five, six, seven-year-olds are actually carers. Yeah. um, And this is, you know, that's another element of society what also needs, you know, attention and, you know, looking at. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I understand that, mate. I mean, one thing, obviously, we've all got in common and in common with a lot of the listeners is going to be photography. So you've both done some photos, as we've said earlier, um, to do with these sort of issues. So let's go with Victoria first. Um, You produce some lovely images with um, some models you work with. So you talked about this darker side and darker feelings. Do you want to tell us a little bit about why you did them and what you was trying to do with these images?
2: Any in particular or just in general?
0: In general, because you had a good, I don't know, there was half a dozen to a dozen uh, with loads of different models. There was messages on them. There was all sorts, weren't there?
2: Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of them comes from my past experience and then it's just me basically telling my story just in a visual sense. Um, So it's almost like storytelling isn't it it's it's like um being able to be creative and say okay i want to create this i want to do this to them um and it's like my vision of of that as well
0: yeah you did enjoy doing that
2: oh i love i love it yeah it's it's very satisfying um recently i think about a year ago i took some self-portraits um i've got some pretty bad body issues i mean you know prior to having children Mm -hmm. i was a size eight and then after having children i'm a size 16 to 18 so i gained like between 60 and 80 pounds i gained a lot of weight in my pregnancy so my body changed like really dramatically Um, And so I took a nude photo, took some nude photos of me. Um, So it was a really, really daunting and scary thing for me, but I really, really wanted to do it. Um, And, you know, I'm almost like in a fetal position and then I posted it on my page and i got a phenomenal response to it because at first i wasn't sure what the response was going to be like um but a lot of people were saying that it empowered them that i was really brave to do it um, and then obviously that made me feel good because my message, because of the text that went with the story, uh, with with the photo, was just as important, it wasn't just the photo in that itself, because obviously people can interpret inter- that, you know, their own way. Um, So I had, like, a little bit of text about, like, motherhood and how it changed me, how I ended up getting stitches inside, outside, um, how I was, like, ripped to shreds. I had to have, like, a blood transfusion. I almost died with my first child. My second child almost died at birth. So um, it's only in the last couple of years I've realized how motherhood is, like, changed me so dramatically and I wanted to put that into a photo um so I was I was nude I was naked I was bare I was bearing basically my soul um and I wanted to show them like my stomach my stretch marks you know um so I had and I didn't edit it so I didn't take any like spots out I didn't take any um you know I didn't beautify myself at all um i just improved the light and what have you in the photograph and then mm. that's what what i posted
0: and i have to say it was very artfully done you know we all commended you on that it was like you say when you're saying you have taken a naked picture of yourself it's not sexual yeah. Yeah. it was literally very artistic and well there and and it, it was yeah <laughs> And it was, it had meaning, uh, meaning though, Sean. I not know, this is the big thing. Um, and, and, you know, what I want to say to you both is you've both used photography to, to help with therapy. Mm. And you probably didn't even realize at the time that how therapeutic this tool is for you, two yeah. in that sense.
1: Yeah, not at all. I mean, I didn't, that's starting off, it was just, I don't know, it was just something to do. Really, yeah. You know, it was something I liked. Um, I, I was, I was, at, I was at university at the time, and so I had, you know, my student grant came through with bit, a bit of money. So I bought, you know, first thing I bought was a, you know, a sort of cheap secondhand DSLR, you know, um, hmm. and and it was just, just, literally, was just that. I just thought it was something to do, and it just became. And I think at first I didn't really, I didn't really appreciate the images I was taking. You know i didn't really hmm. think again and you know i think all all sort of creatives are, are, are the biggest critics oh you know. yeah you know, uh, yeah you know, I there's no no such thing as per- perfect for you know? no <laughs> um, but uh, mine are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i like to think mad is some amount of getting better you know um <laughs> but it's but it was, it was kind of like that it was just, it was just a hobby it was just something um and i was still conscious of um of you know carrying the camera with me you know i had to be yeah. more or less in the middle of a field or you know middle of nowhere where i wouldn't see anybody um so that i could you know be comfortable with you know with the camera But i'm less so like that um i guess part of that is because i move around so much nobody knows me so <laughs> i don't really care you know <laughs> but yeah but it's uh um, but yeah yeah and, and i don't know um so I was saying, yeah. So I was posting that, posting a few pictures and the people that, oh, these are great. These are, you know, really liking these. And at first I'm thinking, you know, just blowing smoke up my ass.
3: And, yeah. You
1: know, just, you know, just being polite, that kind of thing. And I, I can't wait. What it was. Mm. I, I took a series of images of, um, of some bees, um, on, on you know, on some flowers, and I actually, you know, and I actually thought these actually, I actually like these. These are good you know, hmm. and I, you know, my own sort of, cause I've always been into art and, you know, sort of, you know, if I see an image, I, I, if I like it, I like it, I guess like music, you know, if you hear something, hmm. you hear something, okay? not following any, any one genre, you know? Um, and it was, and it was like, that and I thought, oh, these are great, you know, and it, it wasn't until I get to that moment where I started believing in, in, in what I was doing and yeah. started taking it a bit more seriously. Um, and then starting to learn about, you know, um, isos and you know exposure and yeah. you know mm-hmm. speed and you know lighting and and all the rest of it you know uh golden hour blue hour so you know all that kind of thing right and then the more i guess the same with anything the more you sort of learn, the more you improve the more you want to test that out you know um and the more excited i, I you know i got about it um where well, like i said now it's I generally sleep, eat, you know. Dream.
3: Dream. Photography, Photography. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Whatever that
1: is, you know. Uh, yeah. As I said, I remember sat looking, you know, because like when I first come here, it was, I, as it has been throughout with lockdown, sod's law, beautiful weather. You yeah, know, it's been mm. shining, yeah. blue skies, you know, great. You know. And then as soon as it's easy,
3: Skies, well tense,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, typical
3: good old photo. British.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it was kind of that was kind of it, and then because the blue the skies were so blue and so sort of cloudless. Um, there's only so many pictures I felt I could take of the sea and the yeah. beach with a blue yeah. with a blue sky, you know. And now I'm sort of looking for you know, waiting for good cloud variations to come in, some dramatic sky, create some emotion. You know within mm. within a picture and again as you were saying storytelling you know is, is is better you want somebody to sort of look at a picture and feel what's going on
3: yeah
1: yeah in that picture you know um and i think that's what sort of maybe separates the hobbyist to somebody who's really interested in yeah the passion in photography mm, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. pick
1: because <laughs> like, yeah you become a bit of a nerd yeah, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't have it any way. Really, as I said, I, I couldn't. I just, you know, I can't do it because and because I, I'm quite iso- I isolate myself. You know, I don't really typical man with uh, mm. my emotions. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't I, I'm not one for picking up the phone and talking to someone saying, "Hey, I'm feeling a bit crap today." Yeah, can I have a chat? Mm. That's that's just not me. That's,
3: yeah.
1: You know, I'm not going to do that. Um, And even if somebody, you know, and again, even if somebody asks you, you know, maybe it's a post I've put up or a quote or something like that, you know, I'll get a message and say, Are you okay? Sorry, fake. Yeah, fine. Don't worry about it. Whilst I'm crying. Yeah.
3: While you're dying in some (laughs) way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In that fetal position, you know.
3: Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm fine. I'm totally
1: fine. Which which is, you know, we tend to do in times of crisis because it's, Being in the womb and in that fetal position is probably the safest place we've ever been.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, that is kind of the psychology behind why we sort of roll into that fetal position. You know, it's our it's our safe place. Um, But yeah, it's again, and the journey continues. You know, so
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, COVID affected. Um, your therapy, your learning, and your journey, mate, and and uh, for both of you. I mean what I wanna to say to you both is thanks a lot for coming on. Um Thank you. It's been really useful because I can see you've both recognised your problems. You know you're living with it, mm-hmm. and you're coping through it, you wanna help others, um, because you're here doing this now with me on this podcast. Well,
2: thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thank you.
0: Um, so is there any sort of advice we want to give anyone, um, you know, maybe they're struggling with um, issues, maybe it's um, divorce or heartache or, you know, problems they've had, what would you say?
2: I would say don't brush it underneath the carpet. Um, however painful it's going to be, you have to tackle that, you know, um, because, numbing yourself or trying to distract yourself, you're just going to be in a cycle, a destructive cycle. And I think saying, I'm miserable or I'm not feeling healthy. I need help is one of the strongest things somebody can do is say, damn, I'm unhappy. I need help, I need support. And that is courageous and it's really important to do and to reach out for help and then but obviously be like i said earlier open-minded because some things that you might be presented with you think won't help you but they could help you and sometimes things do take a while to work um yeah you know when you keep it all inside you know you're keeping the power there you're keeping the pain there you're not freeing yourself um and you have to like free it to get it out of you almost because Mm -hmm. its main agenda mental health and you know mental illness is to kill you it will not stop it wants to destroy you it wants to kill you so you've got to open that door and you've got to let it out in you know in as safely as you can obviously and not destructively because it's that's going to hurt you it's going to hurt everybody around you and you're just going to get into a cycle destructive cycle
1: yeah i mean i can only yeah thanks victoria i can only echo that really um it, it's yeah. about, i think the first thing is to admit you've got a problem yeah. So, you know, uh, like you said, uh, to say that this you know, I'm not feeling right, I don't feel okay and I need help is probably the most empowering
2: yeah. step,
1: you know, yeah. to, to recovery or to at least getting support. There is support out there. Yeah, there there's is of it, you know, and there's many different things. Um you know, it's weird and wonderful, you know, different ways of you know, therapeutic kind of yeah. you know what what as you know, as always was saying uh, that maybe does not seem right for you but it could yeah. be yeah you know, the greatest thing and it's mm-hmm. not just and to be honest, it's not just about even about the the actual therapeutic tool itself it's the people you also meet yeah you know at, at these things like you know likewise people people who are experiencing mm-hmm. the same as you you can meet your life you know, your soulmate your lifelong yeah. friend you know whatever it is we're social beings and we need that connection on whatever level.
2: Um, yeah.
1: Again, you know, and, and having as many sort of different tools in your box for whatever you need on a particular day. Is, yeah, I
2: mean, if, if you're with somebody who knows about your mental health issues as well and you say, look, today I'm having a really bad day. I'm just really not feeling it today. I'm, I'm, I'm not good. And then not having to wear that mask as well, because putting that mask on every day wears you down. Yeah. It is heavy yeah. and it is exhausting. And having, if you're around people where you don't have to wear that mask, you can just say, "I'm having a day today," and they say, "Okay, you know, let's just get through the day." And wake up tomorrow, and it's a new, fresh day. Let's see how that day takes us.
1: Yeah. Can I just say, as a a male point of view, to any kind of male Mm. listeners who are maybe suffering, uh, is is that you know, get over that stigma of you know, it's not manly, Mm. not you know, it's not the right thing to talk about your emotions and things like that. You will find, I guarantee you, you will find that every man. You know, yeah, you speak to. Once you open up, they will tell you the same story. Yes. You know they will say, yeah. you know, they have, you know, they will suffer on. They have suffered or are suffering from some form of mental health, mm-hmm. and by somebody else or another male, you know, being able being strong enough to say, "Well, mate, I'm feeling. I'm just yeah. not, this is happening to me today. I'm feeling crap. You know, I don't know what it is." it's a mental thing whatever it is it's empowering for the next person
2: can I just also bring up domestic violence against men people don't talk about that females you know do abuse men as well and there is not a Mm -hmm. lot of help and support out there for male victims so I think that again needs to be you know addressed you know if you you're in a relationship and your woman is either physically abusive to you or mentally and emotionally abusive to you, you do not have to stand for it. That is abuse and there is help out there. There's not like masses of amount of help, but there is help out there and, you know, try and find your value and get yourself out of that relationship because you do not deserve to be beaten like that like either mentally or physically because it does happen men do get abused by females
0: yeah no yeah thank you so much guys <laughs> um it's you know it's how warming to hear your star is and you're still with us today you're still doing great photography and um you know thanks for taking part in the um uh, therapy group as well because obviously uh, if anyone's um, struggling and, you know, first case pop into the group and just say something, yeah. um, some lovely people in there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, to be honest, um, there is a lot of, there is a lot of support on social media. Yeah. Yeah. For all its negativity, you know, for, well, for some of its negativity, that social media yeah. carries, there is also a lot of support. Yeah. There's yeah. There is hundreds of groups, you know, for mental health. Yeah. Where yeah. yeah and whether it's, you know, Pointed to whether it's male, female, domestic abuse, drug addiction, alcohol, yeah. whatever it is, there are, there is something there, and many people who are suffering from the same similar problems, you know, problems, uh, you know are willing to to help. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's why they're So, yeah. So, and that's it. I think it's so just use every everything what's out there. Yeah. Um, not to shy away from it, and admit you've got a problem, and. and Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. It's been a pleasure speaking to you both. Um, I know we've got a lot of things to do, um, but honestly, I can't thank you enough for your honesty. It's a big thing to come on and talk to people, and you don't realize how many people are out there, who they are. So, yeah, you know, congratulations to you,
1: Thank you for giving us a voice.
0: uh that's fine, mate. That's what it makes are for and um you know yeah. that's what the group's there for as well, mate. So I hope people listen and take that on board.
1: I look forward to hearing it and um yeah I hope you both stay well. Look after yourself. Uh, the show will chat again soon.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, guys.
2: Thank you.
1: Okay. So See you done? later.
0: Yeah, that's all right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) See you
1: later, guys.
2: Thank you.
0: Bye. See you later. See you later.